This podcast was recorded on Darug and Gadigal lands. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Androgynous blonde bombshell, Salvador Dali's muse and intellectual disco queen. Who is she? Find out next on One Dollar Vinyl. Welcome to One Dollar Vinyl. This is the podcast where two millennial cheapskates discover the forgotten music of the past one cheap record at a time. My name is Tess and joining me as always is my co-host Kat. Good morning, Kat. How are you? Good afternoon. You don't know what time it is. I don't have a watch. (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. What's going on in your life? Uh, I've been watching the new Stranger Things uh, season. Uh, it is like sublime. It's it's as good as the first season. Have you watched it? Oh, truly? Yeah, I I kind of abandoned it like two episodes into the second season. So yeah. maybe. Do I need to slog through that to get to the good part? Yeah, yeah, because it's like it started on a high. Seasons three and four kind of went through a dip, and then season sorry, what did I say? Season two and three went through a dip, and then season four has like completely resurged into its former glory. It's it's really well made. And the soundtrack, soundtrack is awesome. Yeah, people, there's a bit of buzz about it at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, everyone is discovering Kate Bush. The young people. The young, Yeah, the youngins. <laughs> it's like the whole thing, I didn't, I went to a karaoke night um, the other week, like a while ago, uh, probably where I got COVID, uh, but hashtag worth it. <laughs> and these young people, like in their early 20s, were singing... Um, uh, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, and I was like, "Good on them! They know an excellent song from a long time ago." And then someone told me it was like TikTok famous. It was TikTok. We can thank TikTok for that and for yeah. this Kate Bush resurgence as well. Yeah, um, and I just want to like, uh, you know, uh, listeners, please go back to uh, one of the episodes from last season where I said that I was getting into Kate Bush, and. You know, let the record show. I was thirty years late before everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I um, I think I scored. It hasn't arrived yet, but on eBay, I found a like three record like bundle. But I I've been wanting Hounds of Love for so long, and I found yeah. that bundle for like a pretty good price. So that's on its way to me, and hopefully is like hopefully I haven't been ripped off. Oh, nice. We yeah. like a little bit of one dollar vinyl uh, shopping, or slightly more than one dollar. Slightly vinyl, more than one dollar, yeah. but still good. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of one dollar vinyls, we've got something much cheaper today, don't we? We certainly do. What are we looking at today? We have got a record by Amanda Lear. It's called "Never Trust a Pretty Face." Amanda Lear, someone mm. I had never heard of before yeah, diving into this one. Mm. But I, then, when I started reading about her, like. Very surprised that I'd never heard of her. I know, yeah. She was like super duper famous and was, you know, doing lots of stuff. And so many um, huge cultural uh, adjacent people yes. that she was adjacent to. Yes. Anyway, yes. let's let's get into that a bit later. Where did you get mm. this record from? Uh, I got it from Repressed Records in Newtown. And how much did you pay for it? Uh, well, I paid $4 for for it that was in their like cheap bin their two dollar bin has increased to four dollar bin that is inflation Butch. for you yeah which ouch yeah <laughs> and how much is it worth uh well on discogs the price kind of ranges from 
$15-ish to $55. Uh, but everything on sale there is in better condition than this one. So Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah wow. Some some people are, yeah, really keen on it. And can you hear it online if you want to? The only thing I could find was uh, like someone uploading the full album playing on YouTube. So not on Spotify or, or streaming, but you can find that one on, on YouTube. All right, so get into the into the YouTube and put up with the ad beforehand to listen to <laughs> <Yeah>. this one. <laughs> Man, so I could get any served ads for Qatar tourism. Have you ever gotten oh. any of those? I don't know what is going on with my algorithm, who it thinks I am, but I am certainly not a person who at this stage of my life can afford <laughs> a trip to Qatar <laughs> beyond my wildest dreams. But and it's just like every ad I get. I think I know what's happening. Um, the microphone that's always on on your phone and computer and is always listening to everything you say is mishearing you saying the word guitar and there's <laughs> <laughs> me saying oh man i wish i could fly to guitar <laughs> where all the guitars come from that's right <laughs> uh let's talk about this record back on track um yeah. what let's look at the front cover let's this is a doozy it is so sure the cover is. <laughs> is like it's a painting um, the yes. background, we have some sand dunes. Like it looks like we might be in Egypt or something. That's the kind of vibe. Mm, something deserty. Deserty, yeah. There's like a marble ledge and a column in the foreground. There are these weird floating orbs. Uh, and all of that stuff is completely irrelevant. You don't notice any of that shit because there is a terrifying <laughs> creature staring right at you. A winged snake woman. Yeah, turquoise skin, part woman, part snake, part bird. The head is of a blonde bombshell, like gorgeous kind of woman, uh, mm-hmm. golden hair, attractive face. She's Super- got like um, mm-hmm. Farrah Fawcett hair. Exactly. Oh, that's an the excellent flip. way to describe yeah. it. She's got this super wide smile and way too many teeth. So it looks a little bit like a caricature. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I swear I don't have that many teeth. She's, yeah, she's really like, like you said, blonde bombshell, like yeah. uber woman. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, and I honestly did think it was like a bit of a caricature, but then you turn it over and there's a photo of her. Nope, that's just what she looks like. Yeah. Yeah, she's a beautiful lady. Yeah. Um, I was trying to look up the creature that she might be because she's kind of like, half sphinx half snake and apparently there's a i think it's a greek myth and it's called echidna yes i found that also yeah yeah (laughs) which also is like a little spiky australian bush creature it's a monotreme um but it was described as the mother of monsters she was a half-winged woman with glittering eyes and half a huge scaly serpent um and she used to drag her victims to earth shattered pits where she liked to devour them alive so, yeah, like, just good times. Yeah. I, I think that's, like, an Amanda Lear thing to do. Yeah, well, there's uh, certainly a lot of um, rumours that floated around about Amanda Lear during her life. Um, mm. Half Snake Monster wasn't one of them, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> this is how she's presenting herself here. So Yeah. Um, this painting was um, done by Fred Jürgen Rogner. But if you were to guess who painted it, like, who would it be? Well, yeah, it struck me as very Salvador Dali-esque. Coincidence? I think not. (laughs) She was Dali's muse for 15 years. She's got a very interesting backstory. Maybe we should have a break before we dive in. That's a good idea. Let's have a little break. We'll get straight into it when we get back in one moment. 
right, darling. <laughs> You're not letting this get to you, are you? No, of course not. A little bit of bolly. Yeah, just mm. a smidge. Oh! Are these today's? Yes, sweetie. Anything in them? Not much, darling, no. MP in drug craze sex romp shock with fash mag slag. <laughs> Damn. Oh, no. Well, there is that. Thank you very much, sweetie. Continued on page five. I mean, I shall just oh, rise above it. I mm. shan't let this thing affect me. In. Bastard! No, no, no! Watch, 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 in which the amazing Joanna Lumley, Joanna Lumley plays the character of Patsy Stone, who Kat, was based in part on the real-life Amanda Lear. So you can see it, can't you? Like You absolutely can see it. Yeah. Tall, blonde, and Patsy, um, so she worked in the fashion industry. She was rubbing shoulders with, you know, the in crowd Mm-hmm. And the whole way through, there were lots of jokes about Patsy denying and fudging her age, mm-hmm. um, denying and fudging like where and when she was born. Yeah. And also a few jokes um, or like a few references throughout the series, which was then confirmed in a reboot movie that Patsy was transgender. And this has all come from the real life person of Amanda Lear. Yeah, all of that is Amanda. She's such an interesting person. Like I like so interesting. Yeah. I was getting absolutely just lost in her yeah. bio. Just like every line, it was just like really, on, really. <laughs> yeah, I like that in on the Wikipedia page, or maybe it was another source. But anyway, um, like she's got a very mysterious background. She was born in either 1939, 1941, 1946, or 1950. Yeah, in like one of five countries, which there's yes. debate about. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> she has been quoted as saying, nobody cares about it. You know, am I 60, 70? It doesn't matter. I don't even celebrate my birthdays. It's a psychological thing, pretending that age does not exist. But believe me, it works. (laughs) She's above it all. (laughs) She's so insightful and, like, aware. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So tell us a bit about her life, Kat. Oh, gee, like, we're going to need to make this episode two hours long to do it any kind of (laughs) justice. She... Uh, supposedly grew up in uh, the south of France and in Switzerland, or maybe she was between London and Paris, or maybe in Nice, but she certainly does speak multiple languages. She speaks French and English and German and Spanish and Italian, Um, Mm -hmm. and she kind of rose to fame her first time in the spotlight. She was a a very successful model in the 1960s. That's right. She modelled for the likes of Paco Rabanne, Ozzie Clark, and Mary Quant, who... um, Invented the miniskirt. Oh. She was, yeah, yeah, deep in the in the 60s, swinging 60s London scene. Yeah, she was like acquaintances with the Beatles and Twiggy, like other high-profile musicians, other other models. She dated Brian, Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones. Yeah, the love affairs. Oh, my God, yeah. she did. She was um, allegedly the inspiration behind the song Miss Amanda Jones. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, and that like totally tracks. Her first name is Amanda, and Brian yeah. Jones's last yeah. name checks out. It's Jones. <laughs> yeah, she was um, briefly engaged to Brian Ferry of Roxy Music. That's right, and she can be seen mm-hmm. um, as a model on the front of the Roxy Music album "For Your Pleasure." Yes, which um, made quite a splash. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's putting it mildly, and. She also had an affair with the one and only David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently David Bowie saw that Roxy Music album cover in which she's, uh, it's like, she's in like black leather gear, like right? Catwoman. Yeah. yeah. And um, he was like, I need to meet this woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, and you I know, must pulled have his strings and got his connections. And yeah, and they had a, an affair for two years. Yeah, he was yeah, married. He was at married. The time. Yeah. And he's the one who encouraged her to, you know, step away from modeling and pursue a music career. He paid for her singing and dancing lessons. Yeah. How's that for someone believing in you? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And, and like, what a person to believe in you. <laughs> Um, yeah, she, yeah. She was. I think she was getting like um, a bit disengaged with the modeling world. Yeah. I read a quote for her about her modeling career. She called it the most boring job in the world. Oh. <laughs> she said, "People give you money because you're beautiful. It's immoral and stupid. I've done nothing. I am a coat hanger." Oh yeah. So you know, she was destined for bigger things. Mm. And, I think she's. Yeah, She's like too smart, right? Too smart to be just a model. Yeah, well, you know, not not uh, to disparage. No, I am. You know, the model community. I am. <laughs> <laughs> There's a certain stereotype, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like yeah, she, you know, had a lot of things going for her, mm. and so um, Bowie saw that in her and pointed her in the direction of music. Mm. And like you know, she had even more like affairs with musicians she was with keith moon from the who and also Mm -hmm. jimmy page from led zeppelin these are all such huge names and they were just you know so obviously like head over heels for her she must have been such a cool or probably continues to be such a cool person and yeah she's still around yeah yeah yeah. and all of that is i don't know do you think it pales in comparison to the fact that she was salvador dali's muse for 15 years yeah, yeah, they had a really close relationship. Mm. She lived with him. Yeah, um, it was. They denied that it was ever a sexual thing. Yeah, I've seen um, that she described it as a spiritual marriage. Yeah, um, mm. and and it was more of a mentor mentee kind of mm. situation. Yeah, and he made some pretty um, outrageous claims about her oh, to. You know, kind of up her publicity and and bring the spotlight onto her. He alleged that she was born a man or a boy, mm-hmm. and he had <laughs> paid <a> man. <laughs> for her. Born a man came out with a beard and everything, <laughs> and that she was transgender, and that he had paid for her mm. whole um, gender reassignment surgery. Yeah, yeah, and and those kind of rumors, I would say, plagued her. Well, I don't, I don't know about plates no? because it seems to me that she uh, lent into it. Yeah. She she knew that it was good publicity and mm. there was all these, um, like the mystery of uh, when and where she was born, she was sort yeah. of deliberately obtuse um, because, you know, this is like the, what, 60s and 70s. It's that thing of like David Bowie, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, all that kind of like you know, it's a word we don't really use anymore, but gender bending. Yeah. 
um, the, the you know queerness is mm. it's kind of the idea of like being kind of freaky is means you're on the cutting edge and exciting and really you know there's you've got cool stuff going on mm. but did you so see it the- certainly wasn't I don't think like I there was probably a lot of people using it in a derogatory way but I don't think she ever saw it really as that mm. like did you see the interview online with like it was like a German uh, woman who was interviewing her and she like the interviewer asked her like such pointed questions just saying just saying like were you born a man are you a man and just like kept on going on and on about it um and lee kind of described it as like a crazy idea from some journalist and just like said that it was absolutely ridiculous that anyone yeah well that's right in later life she did she Mm. has point blank said it's not true Mm. it was something that i you know used to like uh rise my star a little bit Mm. but um it's you know definitely not true and i feel like just given what i've seen and read about her and given the life that she's led i I don't think that she would be lying she wouldn't about that still you know like yeah she just she's there's still contra like you still it's one of the first things you see when you google her but um yes definitely yeah but you know what's interesting is there's going to be a Salvador Dali like biopic soon. That's right, yeah. And she is going to it's be It's in play. post-production currently. Yeah, she is going to be play or she was play, like, you know, the actor who played her um is a transgender model. That's right. The mm. uh Serbian Australia's own mm. uh Serbian-born Andrea Paik who started out her modeling career as male and mm-hmm. would dress in model both male and female clothing and then transitions and is now trans woman. And she, you know, she looks the part for sure. Like they're both oh, blonde and tall attractive. and gorgeous. Yeah. But yeah, that's a that's an interesting choice. Mm. Something I thought that was really quite interesting was that uh, two of Dali's artworks supposedly – Amanda Lee posed for him, so they're supposedly of Amanda Lee. Yes. And I looked him up and I tried to find it, and it depicts a person with breasts and a penis. Yeah, I think um, so, like, Dali's gone on record as having some pretty interesting ideas about sex mm. and sexuality. Um, but, yeah, uh, if, if you so wanted to... Um, do your own research, um, you can find the Playboy shoot that Amanda Lee was in, in which... Uh, Tell me, Tess, does she have a penis in it? She's very much all woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's just one of those things, too, that people tend to, in the media, for media, you know, personalities, mm. if a woman is either unmarried or or doesn't have biological children... Yeah. ...and exhibits any kind of... Um, you know, just independence or not sort of like totally sticking to that feminine yeah. script. Um, these rumours tend to bubble up. There was remember there was a rumour about Lady Gaga when oh, she was yeah. sort of first on the rise and um, people oh, yeah, were dumb. suggesting she was transgender. And then um, another person who it's always come up about is Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah, about that. All this stuff, like, and people were saying, oh, they named her Jamie because they didn't know whether she was going to be a boy or a girl. Um, and, you know, because she's a, I guess, a slightly masculine-looking Striking-looking. 
Yeah. But once again, what it comes down to is, oh, she didn't have her own biological children. She adopted children. Oh. And, you know, she's she's just a woman who has a career and, and therefore oh, is, like, fair game to be. <laughs> God, people are the worst. Mind your business. Oh, yeah. But, you know, once again, Amanda's denied it and, you know, I think we can pretty much just take her own word for her own yeah. life. Yeah. Yeah, she's just got dynamite cheekbones. That's why people are getting Yeah, that's confused. it. She's tall. Mm. People just jelly. Yeah, I know I am. But I feel like all these rumours, like, they're very much based, oh, I don't know about very much, but certainly a big aspect is, like, her voice. Yeah, she is. Um, it's deep. Her voice, definitely, it's deep, and it definitely, yeah, lends that androgynous air to her. Mm. Yeah, let's let's dive in and, and have a listen to that voice. Yeah, so let's listen to the first song on the record. It's called Fashion Pack. Those ooh ooh, like <laughs> it's so iconically disco. Exactly. But I, when I tried to think of what disco songs it's actually in, I couldn't think of like a really famous example. Oh, maybe it's in more like parody disco songs. <laughs> yeah, it's like a disco meme. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, but listen to that song. That sorry, listen to that voice. There she is, yeah. So husky. Well, I was there, and everybody was That was, well, I was in, and everybody was travolting. Like, yeah, yeah, that is the best line throughout the album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a song about um, the famous disco studio, Studio 54. And yeah, the line is, I walked in and everybody was travolting. And it's it's so perfect because it's like obviously describing the dance move, but there is definitely like she calling them revolting as well. I love it. Oh, it's a so clever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and she is like the person who's writing like I think all, if not most, of the songs. Yeah, she wrote all the lyrics apart from there's two covers, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the producer was Anthony Mon, mm-hmm. who was a like a German disco producing guy. Oh, that's funny um, that he's he... German because it sounds so Jamaican. Anthony Mon. Yeah, that's how you pronounce yeah. it. Yeah. Um, he wrote all the music and she wrote all the lyrics. Yeah. And the lyrics throughout are like really good, aren't they? They're dry, witty, like funny. She's like, because this is certainly about her own life like she was in these crowds like she was going to studio 54 and rubbing shoulders with uh who does she name drop it's like um andy andy snapping um andy uh yeah warhol Warhol. yeah it's hard to know whether she's criticizing that crowd or appreciating them i think she's criticizing them but maybe it's it's, it's like a half. it's a very like gentle critique I yeah think. yeah sure yeah. It's, it's a gentle ribbing there's this bit at the end where she's she sort of like goes off into this stream of consciousness rambling yes. and she she just goes oh can i have your autograph <laughs> no it's yeah it's just, she's taking them down a little peg I yeah think. totally <laughs> like music wise it's classic disco isn't it yeah yeah it's it's it's, that. it's as though someone has just followed a disco recipe template yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that four on the floor beat uh-huh. you've got the strings the disco claps yes 
And the, the backup um, singers Congas too. going off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That chorus mm. sort of backup uh, vocal. Yeah. It sure is a disco song. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really, I love throughout this record. So she did a lot of disco music. This is her third studio album. Mm. And this, a lot of people were sort of saying this is the album where she starts moving away from disco, but there's still certainly a lot of um, just straight disco on here. Mm. Uh, but I really, I truly love the, let's say, juxtaposition between the, like, upbeat, pumping dance beat and then her cold, kind of almost monotone speak yeah. singing. Yeah, she's definitely deep, speak deep singing. voice. Mm-hmm. One thing that actually reminded me, uh, Kat, is of this Leonard Cohen album that I have, um, I'm Your Man, um, from 1988. And it's where, like... Leonard Cohen starts moving away from the sort of acoustic guitars and whatnot into like full 80s synthesizer. Um, but it's the the contrast between that sort of like in those days high tech kind of sound with his low, low voice. Um, it kept making me think about that. Do you want to listen to song number two? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, it's called Forget It. Forget about it. Uh, for- <laughs> I'm walking here. So if you find a guy, make sure it's the right kind. Because the good ones are hard to find. <laughs> just, I, I don't think she's trying to be funny. But I just find it so funny. So if you find Her a accent. guy. Yeah, like the just the way that she's singing as well like it's not like she's going off key but she's really bending those notes in a very kind of playful way um so this song it's funny like it's just really like she's intentionally being funny i'm sure with her lyrics oh yeah it is yeah yeah it's an it's an ode to having high standards yes yeah yeah. although some of her standards are like crazy (laughs) (laughs) like so she's describing all like the features of a man and why he's not good enough and you should forget about him. Um, yeah. And, like, one of them, he's allergic to strawberries. Yeah. You can't control that. That's so harsh. It is harsh, yeah. Um, yeah, um, there's I, a lot of reasonable stuff. Um, yeah. I, my favourite line is, he doesn't like art, he doesn't like gays. Yes. Forget it. <laughs> she is, this is the sort of bitchy shit talker who it's really fun to have a girls' night with. Yeah, absolutely. And she will 100% support your breakup. Yes. But uh, be warned, if you ever get back together, the astute observations she's made about your dodd man may haunt you. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't ever get back together. But I think everyone needs a straight talker like this in their life. Uh, oh, for I, sure. I wish Amanda Lear, uh, I wish she, where were you in my early 20s? And <laughs> I could have used some, <laughs> some forget it in my life. <laughs> oh... Um, I love the um, the synth arpeggio and that really like stomping beat. I feel like it makes it um, anthemic. Yeah, for it's sure. like a call to arms. You know, ladies take to the streets and ditch your shitty boyfriends. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a proto wannabe. So they like when oh, Spice sure. Girls, Spice Girls just like took one idea of like you know you better like my friends, otherwise forget it. Um, mm-hmm. so, so they've just really simplified the huge laundry list of things yeah, to forget she's about. she's very specific. Yeah, yeah she, for Spice Girls, we aren't as picky. Just like, you, 
You can be allergic to strawberries. As long as you like yes. my friends, said we'll Save the Spice Girls. Slide, as long as you get with my friends. Yeah. Um, but, like, another one that I think is really unreasonable is she says, he doesn't even have blue eyes. Oh, Forget yeah. it. Yeah. Who is this brown-eyed, brown-eyed. Um, allergic to strawberries, yeah. addicted to cocaine? Yeah. yeah, that's right. He complains he's no good. that he's broke, spends his money buying coke. Um, I did like, though, he does not look good in the nude. You should oh, forget yeah. about that. Yeah, forget yeah, it. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I kept seeing this credit of um, one of her backing vocalists. It's called Judy Chicks. It's <laughs> a really good name. That's a good drag name. <laughs> it's yeah, an excellent drag. <laughs> or like it sounds like a femme fatale in a um, James Bond movie. Yeah, like a, a film noir. Oh yeah. Judy Chicks walked into my office. <laughs> yeah. She had legs up to her hips. <laughs> <laughs> Um, something that we didn't talk about was, uh, like, her husband. Did you see oh, that? Oh, yeah. 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 She, Do you want she, to say something? Yeah, so she married a guy, Alain Philippe Maladniak Diagens de Villiers. Yep, I said that really right. Um, she mar- right. married him uh, in this year that she made this record, 1979. Mm-hmm. And the marriage lasted for 21 years until his death on 16th of December in the year 2000. Uh he was killed by smoke in a fire at their farmhouse and every time I came across something writing about like this awful event yeah tragedy yeah. it was a tragedy they talked they emphasized that so many expensive paintings like many by Dali were lost yeah and then almost yeah. as an afterthought uh that you know the man had died and I thought that was I so noticed that too yeah it was really yeah. um, insensitive the way that the the press covered that. It's because he wasn't famous. He wasn't famous. Yeah, <laughs> and so he doesn't count as a person yeah. in the media. Is there uh, another song yeah. you'd like to listen to? Kat? Yes, I would. I would like to listen to "Intellectually." This one's like sci-fi. This intro, it's almost exactly like Baba O'Reilly by The Who. God, they're exactly the same. I wonder if she like was with the dude from The Who at this time. Oh yeah, well that song's from 1971. Potentially, old mate Anthony Mon was um, taking a little bit of inspiration. Yeah, inspiration or ripping off. <laughs> inspiration plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> but it was in a whole different continent. I mean, you know, who, who's gonna know? So yeah, this is this song is future. It is future. Yeah. <laughs> Even listening to it in 2022, it's future. still the future. It's beyond 2000. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about uh, she's dating a guy who's really really smart, but he lacks passion and he lacks sensitivity. Maybe it's about the guy from the Who. Oh. <gasps> who I've Was forgotten his name already. Who, known who was intellectual. It? Yeah. Um, what, Keith? No, not Keith Moon. Yeah, Keith Moon. Keith Moon. Yeah. Yeah. He was the drummer. I don't think he was known as an intellectual. I think he was more known for, like, I don't know, crashing through windows at parties oh, and yeah. swimming pools. <laughs> <laughs> then probably not. Um, you know what? You know how I said the other song before was, like, a proto wannabe? Yeah. I think this is a proto... Um, 
you don't that don't impress me much by Shania Twain. Okay. Yeah. The first the first verse is a is um it ends with okay so you're a rocket scientist that don't impress yeah. me much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's saying you're you're a cold analytical guy but I want warmth. Um, but I like I love the sort of long words that she uses in this and yeah. she almost tries to cram a few too many syllables into every line. Absolutely. My favourite line in this is, your punctuality and lack of ardour inflicts me with a nervous disorder. (laughs) (laughs) It's the sort of stuff that you hear all the time in disco music, right, Kat? (laughs) All the time. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Although, to be fair, this one's less disco and more. So this is where she starts moving into, like, synth pop. Yeah, totally. But uh, you know what else it reminds me of is the song Computer Games by Mitex. Yes, I can I can hear that for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, good you know, pickup. The computer theme as well. That yeah. came out the same year. Oh, did it? This. Oh, right. Yeah. Ah. Oh. So there was, it was like one of those you know what confluence of thought kind of situations. I think. Mm. Just like it was in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Well, and it, <laughs> just the words that they're using too. Like it, this is in the days when a computer was considered to be as technologically advanced as a calculator. <laughs> 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 She uses them, like, on par with each other. (laughs) Uh, I feel like this must be real life for her. Like, at one stage she was with a dude like this. Um, Your intellect might be perfect, but heaven's sake, I feel neglected. Mm. Also doesn't rhyme, but okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) It nearly rhymes, that's good enough. She's nearly singing, and it nearly rhymes. I, I also think it's quite funny to break up with a guy for acting like a computer with a piece of art. There's a certain sense of irony in that, yeah. Here's my emotions. You tell me I'm too emotional. (laughs) Take this, some art that I wrote. And everyone will (laughs) listen to it. She's not only was a model, a singer, um, a writer. An artist, a painter as well. Yeah, her Mm. biggest passion is art. She's a Mm. painter and she still paints and exhibits. Um, And then, just for another, like, you know, deviation, at certain point, like, I'm not sure if it was after this record or maybe a few records after, she decides she's done with music and she decides to move to Italy and become a television celebrity sensation and she yeah. starts hosting all these television shows and she's just a household name in Italy, apparently. Yeah, I saw that too. Like, she's just so charismatic and like smart and cool like that would be perfect for her yeah she's Mm. acted in films and on the stage as well gosh she can do everything she's an impressive lady Mm. well should we take a little break and when we get back we'll wrap up and we'll talk about our conclusions we'll decide whether we're going to keep this record the end the end (laughs) (laughs) all right back in a minute Welcome back to One Dollar Vinyl. That was the great Marlene Dietrich singing Lily Marlene. It was one of her signature songs. 
and one that Amanda Lee um, did a cover of on this album, um, but it was uh, like a disco Lily Marlene. Yeah. I think it's probably a bit of a um, an idol of hers because on her back cover she's pictured in a tuxedo, mm. um, which is a very much like a callback to Marlene Dietrich, who would famously in her cabaret acts in the 30s um, dress in a suit, which was just like, you know, no woman was doing that at that mm. time. Um, she was famously bisexual and, yeah, let's, I don't know, I guess genderqueer is what you'd say now. Mm. Yeah, pushing those gender boundaries um, way back in the 1930s. That song became, yeah, one of her, like, signature songs. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, and I think we can pretty easily see the parallels between um, the two women, mm. uh, Marlene and, and Amanda Lear, in the gender bending and the... Kind of low pitch to her voice. The low voices, mm. yeah. So, Kat, what do you reckon about this record? I think it is, it's pretty good. Like, it's not great, but it is pretty good. Like, I think my favourite thing about it are the lyrics. I think they're definitely good moments, but the lyrics are, like, just, like, they're funny. And she's intentionally trying to be funny, so I like that. Um, I think that musically... Most of the songs, like, immediately sounded familiar to me. Like, not because I'd heard them before, but they're, like, either borrowing very heavily from another song or, as we said before, like, reading directly from the disco playbook or, Mm. yeah, like, and, you know, it's good to have that familiarity, I guess, but it also does lack a little bit of originality. Um, Probably my biggest disappointment is I can never I can never ever get behind someone who's talk singing the whole way I just I need a I need a good strong good voice and you know if David Bowie was the one who was giving a singing lessons um, like maybe maybe she could have put in a bit more effort I don't know but I think it probably boils down to my own jealousy I think I'm just jealous she had such an interesting life full of success she'd never planned according to interviews with her she never really planned to become a singer never even planned to become a model never planned to become a tv presenter she just rolled with what life presented to her um and you know probably based on her looks uh things have just been provided to her but she took them and she ran with it yeah and i don't think she would have become, for example, Salvador Dali's muse if she was like an empty, like a vacuous person. Oh, no, no. Yeah. All of that is to say I would rather have her as a dinner guest than to play the record at a dinner party. Okay. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm going to have to deviate um, and yeah. disagree with you on yeah, this. Yeah, go on. I loved it. Yeah. My conclusion, number one, is holy mackerel, what a woman. Yes. <laughs> I think, like you said, she just lived such an interesting, fascinating life. I was so surprised that I had never heard of her. Me too. Um, and, you know, and I often when I do these episodes, I talk to my mum and dad and they're, um, you know, in their 60s and they're pretty knowledgeable about music of their era um, and they hadn't heard of her. Oh. Even, you know, the idea that Patsy Stone is based on her, that's that's such mm. a iconic cultural touch, touchstone. I'm just, yeah. like, truly surprised that I, I hadn't heard of her. Her album... In Australia, um, it charted this album, mm. but it not like heaps. It was like number sixty three. Yeah. Um, the 
the highest it did was at number eight in France. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think number 20 in Germany, but it didn't even chart in the UK. So yeah. like she, she really, she's big in Europe, mm. but not so much in the English speaking world. Mm. But yeah, this album in particular, I, I love the unexpected turns it took between the genres mm. of music. And yeah, in most of the songs, which were, there's a lot of either pumping disco music or, uh, really, yeah, sort of techie for the time sounding mm. synth stuff. And the contrast between her barely putting in any effort in <laughs> vocals, the dry, low, um, almost monotonous um, uh-huh. speak singing. Yeah. I just loved it. It just feels cool. It feels like she's um, like, I don't know, it just feels very French, doesn't it? <laughs> like she's the cool intellectual cat. themes, um, her cool, unemotional voice. It feels like grown up. <laughs> you know, she just she just feels like she knows better than you. She yep, knows what well. champagne to order in the restaurant. <laughs> like the famed Sphinx, which she uh, appears as on the cover, um, I do get the feeling that Amanda Lear might kill and eat me if I don't understand her <laughs> riddle correctly. So <laughs> I will pretend that I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. To me, it just, it just feels like it's um, something that your cool older sister might have heard of um and so like this is like hipster gold if you want to if while everyone's discovering kate bush and uh you know and kate bush was like very um witty and uh, intellectual in her songwriting so Mm. maybe this is the next uh tiktok (laughs) dance craze uh thing that gen z needs to discover oh that would be great (laughs) Um, and I do think that this album is a good one to start with. I don't know. It's not one of the most popular ones apparently, but mm. I think it's great. If mm. you, if you liked this, um, there are more Amanda Lear albums that you can dig into and I'm going to be doing just that because I mm. loved it. Well, I was going to say that the record might make my collection, but purely as a conversation piece rather than like me revisiting it. I see. It's However, seeing as you love it and I am, I think it's fine. Do you want it? Oh, yes, please. Yeah, all right. It's got a spot on my turntable. Yours. It is yours. Well, thank you very much, Kat, and thank you for everyone for listening. We'd love to hear what you think about this record and have you heard of Amanda Lear? Perhaps you live in a country where she's massive and I would really like to hear what you think about her you can write to us on our facebook page or um, you can hit us up on instagram or you can email us at one dollar vinyl at gmail.com and please if you enjoyed this episode and you found it interesting uh tell your friends next week we are going to have some fun with spandex we are diving into truly i think the best way to exercise cat which is by putting a record on <laughs> and exercising to the jazzercise record uh. Um, but until then, as Amanda Lear advises us... If he still kisses, like in the movies, if he reads detective stories, and if he's allergic to strawberries, forget it. Forget it. <laughs> All right, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.